Welcome to Origin Gates podcast called Wisdom's Echo. I'm Denise Hughes, sharing an insight of the day with you, and I'm going to be talking about stones again that were added to the breastplate. Yes, I am uh, talking about stones again. I, we, I brought out about the sapphire last time that I talked, and it was on the breastplate of the high priest that was put in place in the tabernacle of Moses out in the wilderness right after the exodus when uh, they came out of Egypt. God gave them, the people, a design and a blueprint for this tabernacle that he wanted set up in the wilderness for them. So to start talking about that, I kind of have to go back to the beginning where uh, when it was Lucifer, uh, and he ha- when it talks about Lucifer in the Bible, and it talks about that God placed all these instruments in, in within him, and then he also placed gemstones on him, like up on him, like not within him, but on him. It doesn't exactly say where it was, but... Uh, on him, but it just says the stones were on him. So we, and we also know that when Lucifer was still in heaven before he was cast out, he was um, what my husband has always called the worship leader in heaven. He was the one that was called the anointed cherub that covers the throne. And I think it's because he had this these musical instruments in him and he would create this beautiful sound and there was um, all of these gemstones on him that would reflect the light of God and surround the throne with this sound and light and that was his job, his position in heaven and he forfeited all of that and lost all of that when he was cast down and cast out of heaven and and God lost this. God lost this um being who was covering the throne with these things. So he was cast down, but it talks about these stones that were on him, right? So he had nine stones placed upon him. And um, and it, it names each one of these stones. So when they were gone and lost, and or whatever, lost from heaven anyway, <clears throat> what he did is God replaced these nine gemstones and put them on the high priest's breastplate upon his chest upon his heart of the high priest and he placed these same nine stones but he added three more and he had to have 12 because there were 12 tribes and he wanted the name of each one of these tribes engraved on this these stones each one of these stones so there had to be 12 and so that meant he had added three And these three stones, they weren't just put in the front, like the first, second, and third one, or just randomly put in anywhere. He's very intentional with every single thing he does, with every number, with every shape and symbol and um, element. Everything he does, he's very intentional and purposeful, and everything has a meaning to it. Just like their language, just like the Hebrew language, there's so much behind every word, every letter, every phrase. There's just depths and meanings to all of it. And so 
you know, I've been fascinated with the gemstones for a long time. And like I said, not just gemstones, but rocks and stones and anything that has to do with that in the Bible. So this is just a part of what I've been writing about was uh, all of these stones that were on the breastplate. And this is just such a small part of what is put in the Bible about these stones. So let's start with the first one. He added them. I said he didn't add them at the beginning or at the end, and then, but he did add them at the seventh, eighth, and ninth stones. And I thought that was really interesting. It had to be the seventh, the eighth, and the ninth stone. And of course, we know these numbers, they all mean something, and they're all important. And the seventh stone, we'll just start there. The seventh stone was a very interesting one because nobody was really sure what this stone was. They have guessed at it. And I think that's interesting too, because we're not gonna be able to duplicate or replicate exactly what he had, <laughs> what he had done there. And it's called a ligure stone in English. It was translated out of Hebrew into English and it was ligure. And we don't really know what a ligure is, but the Hebrew word is Lashem. And the Greek word for this stone is jacinth. Now, we, you can look up jacinth and there is a jacinth stone. So um, I have a feeling that, that that is the stone that they were talking about. And the word jacinth is where we get the word hyacinth. Yacinth, like jacinth. It's yes, and it's a flower, and it's a blue-purple flower. And I think that the um, flower was named after the stone because of its color. So that gives us a little indication of what the color of this stone might be, which is a bluish-purple kind of flower, kind of a smoky blue color. Of of the is the hyacinth. So lashem in Hebrew is lashem. It means precious stone. And this is one of the names or descriptions of Jesus, of course, the precious cornerstone. And a lot of the stones are called that when you look up their names. It just says uh, it's a precious stone or a gemstone. Uh, but it's usually always so much more. Yes, this is a precious stone. But when you break down the word Lashem into its two components, it means to name. Like Shem is the word for name. And so this is to name. And when you put them together, it makes this one word, which means precious stone. So that is the stone. And it is the number seven. And I'm not going to talk a lot about this number seven because I know you know a lot about what the number seven is. But I will say that, of course, we know that it means completion or perfection. Um, but, and yes, it really does. But it has even more, a deeper meaning for that. And it means oath promise and covenant and it it means the word seven also means his oath his promise his covenant so that's interesting that it had to be in the seventh place right because it's about his covenant now the um the name of the tribe that was inscribed upon this seventh stone was ephraim joseph's second son when he went to Egypt and had two sons, he, and, and then he came back into the fold, his, his father 
took his name out of it and put in his two sons' name. He says, now they will come in and be in the place of you, which is Ephraim and Manasseh. So Ephraim is the name that is put on this seventh stone. And his name means fruitfulness, but it has a duality to it. We know it means double fruit or double increase. Now the eighth stone which I find the most fascinating is an agate. And that sounds pretty plain, I know, and not very interesting, an agate stone. But in Hebrew, it means shabu. The, the Hebrew word is shabu, which means to flame, to flame up, to spark. It means subdivided into flashes or streamers, a split into tongues. And that's, it. that's an interesting word to use there for a stone, a split into tongues, to flame, to spark to catch on fire, subdivided into flashes or streamers. I love that. So that's what that one word means. Eight means new beginnings. And also it has a little bit more meaning than that, just that. It also means to put off the old, to put on the new. That is that new beginnings. But it's an also, it has the meaning of, like I said, cutting off the past and putting off the old so that you can have a new beginning, so that there is a new future rather than just a past. So now there's a new beginning. Okay, so that's eight, new beginnings. And, the, um, and this is the agate stone, right? And then Manasseh is the tribe that was inscribed upon this stone. And his name means forgetfulness. And that really flows and goes along with this stone here. It means, because if you're putting off the old, it's about forgetting. It's about, um, it, it's not about forget forgetfulness, like your mind, you're forgetful. It means to purposely forget. Uh, leave that off, leave that behind, and, and look this way, toward this way to the future. It's about forgetting and of the past to put on, put, to go to the future. Okay, so that's forgetfulness and these new beginnings. I love that. So, but here is the meaning, or here is the stone agate, and actually what it's made up of is really, uh, really powerful. Agate, now this is also gonna sound pretty scientific, but agate is made up of fibrous, crypto, crystalline variety of quartz. So that's what's inside of the agate stone, okay? Cryptocrystalline is identified as a rock being made up of such minute crystals that its nature is only revealed by transmitted polarized light. It's the only way this hidden crystal can be seen. Quartz crystal. Each tetrahedral quartz molecule is composed of four atoms of oxygen and one of silicon. Chains of tetrahedral quartz crystals bond in spirals. Wow. Which in turn link to form a precise repeating latticework of molecules. Now, what does that remind you of? A spiral with repeating lattice work. It sounds like a DNA spiral, a DNA ladder, right? 
So that's just exactly what that sounds like to me. And this cryptocrystalline quartz, which is a chalcedony, which it means hidden crystal. Mm. And crystal is so crystal clear, you know, to be hidden inside of this stone. And they are so small that they can only be distinguished individually by using a polarizing light, a light that separates it, that looks at it from a different plane, from a different point of view. That is the only kind of light that can shine on this and reveal it. So it's a hidden crystal. It's a hidden thing. Now, and another thing that this cryptocrystalline quartz reminded me of and the agate stone was the Hebrew letter Ga, G-H-A-H. Ga means twisted, and this spiral type of uh, symbol, this spiral type of motion. I recently, myself, I found out about this hidden letter. I had not known about it for a long time until just the last couple of years. And one reason is because it no longer exists in modern Hebrew. It was absorbed into the 16th letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Ayin, right? It is a mystery letter that has been called out of darkness into marvelous light. And this is a quote from Teresa Bowen. She said, it is the spiral staircase that leads to the hidden secret places. God has been hidden in the iron, the eye. If the eye hooks into God, then revelation that's been hidden for generations will be revealed to the one willing to look into God. That sounds exactly like this stone, the hidden crystal, the hidden mysteries that is within this agate stone that is associated with eight new beginnings and putting off the old and putting on the new forgetting the past and creating the future and revealing the future rather that's what this eight crystal agate ga stone means and now the ninth stone is the amethyst and it in hebrew it is called aklama which means a precious stone again but the root word is kalam which means to dream to dream prophetically, to cause to dream. And then the other side of that, of this root word, amethyst, is to be healthy, to be strong, restore to health, be made plump and robust, and to bind firmly through a dream. As dreams were ascribed to divine inspiration, or rather because revelations were often made to God's prophets and dreams, to bind firmly and cause to recover. That's what the amethyst means. To cause to dream, to bind firmly through the dream. And the tribe inscribed on the amethyst is Benjamin. Rachel, um, who was the mother of Benjamin. Now, she, when she died in childbirth having Benjamin, but as she was dying and as she was giving birth to him and she realized she was dying, she didn't name him Benjamin. She named him Ben-Oni, which means son of my sorrow. But Jacob came in and said, he's not son of my sorrow. And he changed his name to Benjamin, son of my right hand. 
Isaiah 53.3 describes the Messiah as a man of sorrows, much acquainted with grief. And I, and then he becomes the son sitting at the right hand of the father. It's like through his mother, through his humanness, he became a man of sorrows, much acquainted with grief. But through his father, God, he became the son sitting at his right hand. So that's the three added stones that God put on the breastplate. The jacinth, the agate, and the amethyst is Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin. 